In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, how does finding your why rekindle your passion? Okay, hold that thought before we get too far into our show. We just want to remind everyone that you're listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we'll have more information about today's show and our guests and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And you can also follow us, I think, on Facebook and Twitter. So, back to our why. Back to our why. Back to our why. That question that you asked us, how do you discover your own why, yet alone rekindle the passion of your why? Well, it might entail changing the way you think, the way you act, and even the way you are communicating. But one thing is for sure, you definitely need to start asking yourself the why question. Begin thinking from the inside out. Okay, Inside Out, is, is that a song? I'm the Inside Out? I don't know. <laughs> Didn't your mom always say that? You have, to be, you have to be pretty on the inside. Yeah, and beauty is only skin deep, all those little things. Yeah, that we, that we went, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we could figure all this out, how to think from the inside out, you, you can't even imagine what that would look like. I, I really do think if we started changing the way and actually use our brain to the full potential, if we could figure it out, we could start changing the course of the world. Well, you know, those who lead really do inspire. And we follow inspirational leaders because we want to, not because we have to. And so joining us on our show later and this morning is our guest, Barbara Willis, who really is someone people follow because they want to, not because they have to. And um, I can't wait to just be able to share, have her share her incredible story that you you really don't want to miss. So um, Barbara definitely is somebody that thinks from the inside out, like you said, Patty. Well, we had just finished reading this book, Start With Your Why, and we are getting ready to do an event Monday night uh, unpacking all of that, why we exist, how do we think from the inside out, and and that's why Barb's going to be a great guest on the show to really be able to unpack how she is doing that, because sometimes when we hear it from others, we start changing the way that we're thinking and the way we're communicating and the way we're acting just by hearing how somebody else started doing that, and it's when you're really contemplating, I have no idea what you girls are talking about. You start having to go, okay, how do we change the way we think? And some of it is reverse the order of when you wake up in the morning and you're thinking of what you have to get done and you go into your to-do list and 
um, you know, just recapturing the vision of why you're doing what you're doing. Instead of starting with what and how I need to get things done, start asking yourself, why do I have to get this done? And well, I really... I'm so sorry. I you go ahead. So rude. And you were getting me all excited. <laughs> Go ahead, interrupt me. <laughs> well, I, I love what, what you're talking about here and packing it because so many times when we go to start in a, a, an organization or a, we have a concept and we start first of all, trying to make this happen and what does this look like? And what Simon Sinek in his book, Start with Why, why, why are you going to do this? Well, I think one of the things regarding um, that book is with the start with why. Just recently, um, I was at Cracker Barrel, and it was so magnified on the why. My brother and my sister, we go for years now. We've been going to Cracker Barrel. We just meet there. We have these quarterly you know, meetings. And what's so interesting is every time we go to Cracker Barrel, I will ask for Fufu Creamer because they just have the, the half and half with the coffee. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it, it, I mean, literally for years, I'll say, do you have any Fufu Creamer? And they'll apologize. Sometimes the waitress will even come out and uh, give us her own fufu, cr- you know, creamer. And um, just recently, though, when I was there and I asked for the fufu creamer, the gal explained the why and said it's because Cracker Barrel is a classic restaurant and we will never have fufu creamer. We will only have half and half because that is why we exist is for that traditional classic. This is the, the old, you know, the, the vegetables, the fried okra. And that is the experience that we're giving you. And I thought, okay, that is incredible for your employees to understand the why you exist because I will never ask for fufu creamer again. As a matter of fact, I actually think that's really cool that they only have classic half and half because that is their why. That is why they exist. And this is a restaurant that when he came up with this dream and the vision, the why was simply because I want to give just a, a great meal to families other than this fast food experience of driving through the drive-thru, grabbing french fries and a milkshake, and heading on the way. It's like if they don't have time to make the meal, I will make the meal. And and he said, you know, all those vegetables, it goes back to his why is his mom would put the vegetables on the table and go, here we, here we go. Here's the crops. And he loved that. And it evoked such an emotion in him. He wanted for that to be evoked in others as well. And he was able to, to sell that vision. And now Cracker Barrel's all over the United States. And they do not have fufu coffee. I mean, creamer. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, I love, you just gave a great plug-in for, for Cracker Barrel, which I love. They have such a great, it, it is a great experience. And you feel like you're stepping back into, you know, good hometown. It just evokes really homey emotion. So it is really cool because, and I'm sure they will be very grateful that you're not asking for Fufu Creamer anymore. It's like, finally, she stopped asking. Now she understands why we don't have it. But um, the why 
It really is so significant because it really differentiates you from other people. And it's so easy to get caught up in, I want to be all things to all people. And so we just start doing all these different things and not knowing why we're doing it. And it just, it, it doesn't tie in. And it's so easy to get caught up in that instead of saying, this is who we are and this is what we're going to do. And in that book that we um, were talking about, start with, with why, he gives so many great examples of companies that really knew who they were and knowing who they are has really propelled them. Like even Southwest Airlines, it's like they, they're low fares and, and um, they're going to get you there on time and they don't have all the extra, you know, fluff things. So when somebody says, can we have, you know, whatever on the flight and even the, the flight attendants will go, no, that doesn't fit with our core value or why we, we're not about that. And it really it helps you really streamline and stay focused, which is such a, a word that we love to <laughs> stay <laughs> doing. And you can be more um, you can be more productive and effective when you really say to your why. Well, and and especially casting that vision to all your employees or casting that vision to your team members, and that way, when when you have cast a good vision and you're energizing others around you with that why then they will give you their blood, sweat, and tears. I know I worked um, in the airline industry, so I cringe at Southwest, even though I think they're an awesome airline, but that they were our competitor. Uh, I, I worked with um, U.S. Air, which was formerly America West, and when we all started, we were in our 20s, and we weren't getting you know these huge paychecks, but they sold the vision to us to the extreme that we were in there shoulder to shoulder and we were making something, be a part, being a part of something that was so much bigger than us that we were ready to give them our blood, sweat, and tears. And it was interesting because, you know, every single time they would unveil a new aircraft, you know, we were always with this you know, Boeing 737s, but we, we would get, you know, a Boeing 737-200 or a Boeing 737-300 and every time the plane would come out, everybody would be out to see this plane take off. When this, when we had 757s, everybody's there to see this plane take off. 747s, we'd stand on top of the terminal watching that 747 take off because we, there was so much pride there because the why was explained in detail. And if, if companies can get that formula, amazing things. And it really does change the world when you know why you're doing something rather than just this is the how and this is what I have to accomplish. Well, it goes back to the first question you asked about knowing your why helps you rekindle your passion. And that's what you're talking about. It evokes that emotion and that passion and it gets you even more passionate to do to do the things because you know why you're doing it and, th and that it matters. And we all want to know that what we're spending our time in matters and it has a purpose. And when somebody hasn't declared, this is why we do, you feel like sometimes you can be just spinning your wheels and not really accomplishing much. And you're going through the motions instead of going, this is making a difference. This really matters. And that's what's so successful. And even in that book, he uses the, um, the example of Martin Luther King when he gave his famous, I have a dream speech. Yes. He just rallied. He told he got up there and he, and he told what he believed and why it mattered to him. And like 250,000 people showed up to hear him speak. And they showed up because they believed in that too. And he inspired them to believe in something better and beyond them. And it was, they kind of said, it, it's, I have a dream speech, not I have a plan speech. And so many times we forget about just 
telling a good story, inspiring others to motivate them to, to get in the arena with you and to just um, to figure it all out. Well, and right before we go into commercial, we want to challenge you because so many times, especially, you know, our listeners out there, we're in this high capacity where we're doing our to-do list and we're putting our plan in for the day. And I think as we go along today and we start with our plan, we need to go, why is this plan so important? Why is this so significant? And yeah, it might be really significant to put food on the table. So (laughs) that's part of the plan. But when you know the why... Maybe you can go, you know what, I'm going to put food on the table, but I'm going to make it exciting. I'm going to do Italian dinner night, and I'm going to have a surprise little secret in the middle of the table or something fun that that you can really focus on your why. So we just want to thank you for listening to Girlfriend It. You stay right with us because we have an exciting guest coming back, and we are going to unpack her why. Stay with us. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Togginap.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live La Bella Vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, labellavitacosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, FairytaleWishesInc.com. And for Deanna, TheNextBigZing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a bug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. 
Well, we just finished talking about understanding your why in life. So many times we focus on the how and the what, and we forget the why we do what we do. It is easy for our whys to get lost in life. And our our guest today, Barb Willis, is a high-capacity leader who was the CEO of Crisis Pregnancy Center in Phoenix, Arizona, and currently works as the project director of Treasure House with Kurt and Brenda Warner, which we will be learning more about later in the show. First of all, Barbara, it is a pleasure to have you on our show today, and we are so excited to just unpack your why with us. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Lisa and Patty, for having me. Well, Barb, you have described yourself as a former self-diagnosed I am fine person. And like people would say, hi, how are you? Which so many times we pass each other as women and we go, hey, how are you? And the common answer is I am fine. And we know we're not all that fine. And so many times right below the surface, we're about ready to scream and break down, have a meltdown. But on the outside, we are always so fine. Can you go back to your early years um, with some of your experiences and just your thoughts and why they shaped your I am fine mentality? Sure. I mean, it is something that I think that even as believers that we get into this habit of just saying I'm fine as adults, and oftentimes it does go back to something that happened in our childhood. For me, um, it, it took a becoming an adult and, and adult situations in my life to unpack you know, how that pattern began, because very early in my life, I just developed this pattern of, you know, when somebody asks you, how are you, and, you know, my, it was a very just soft-spoken, quiet, you know, shrug of the shoulders, always accompanying it, you know, I'm fine, and you know, my mm-hmm. mom say, well, do you like some breakfast? And I was like, no, I'm fine. Uh, do you need help with your homework? I'm fine, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, there's a little attitude with the I'm fine, but it was always the answer. And, um, you know, this pattern began, and it's just something that happened and not understanding it consciously. And then my, uh, like also accompanying my I'm fine was, you know, a physical result that, that I wasn't fine. And so my mom took me to the doctor because I had basically quit eating, quit talking, quit interacting. And the doctor did a very cursory physical exam and, you know, looked down your throat, had you breathe in and out, you know, push on the abdomen, does it hurt here, does it hurt there? And he gave his prognosis and said, she's fine, leave her alone. She'll eat when she's hungry. And so this relieved my mother that there apparently was nothing really wrong with me. And so subsequently, she and my father just left me alone. And inside my head, I'm going, fine, they're going to leave me alone, but at the same time, I'm going, I'm really not fine. You know, there's that inside of you screaming out, that little girl screaming, I'm not fine, I'm not fine, something's really wrong here. But because, you know, everybody said I was fine and began to leave me alone, I had to, out of self-preservation, just convince myself that I was fine. So I just took on the attitude that I was fine Mm. and, you know, went about... School functioned relatively normally, interacted, you know, had friends, began, you know, participated in sports, did reasonably well in school, and all along, you know, inside knowing nothing was fine, but outwardly saying everything was fine, putting on the face, putting on the mask, you know, wearing the smile, 
um, and saying, I'm fine. And I believe we continue that as we become adult. Mm-hmm. Because if we're willing to open ourselves up and actually say, I'm not fine, we don't know what that's going to lead to. And, and there's tremendous fear. And I think in that, out of the fear, we birth control. And, you know, a controlling side of us, again, just to, you know, protect ourselves, we begin the cycle of control, which generally leads to more and more destructive behavior. Well, you know, Barb, it's so interesting you're saying this because this so resonates with so many women and you and you resonate with me because I, I have been an I am fine person for many years. And one of the things I also find that um, when you when you are always I am fine, when you're really not fine. I, I remember one time after um, I lost my mom and I was with a, a, a good friend and it was a day where I wasn't fine, but I had never really told anybody I wasn't fine. And I thought I'm going to tell her. I just kind of went there because I was in that raw moment of vulnerability and I just kind of started sharing kind of the pain a little bit. And this good friend of mine immediately changed the conversation. She switched it. Right. She didn't know how to handle me not being fine anymore. And it's interesting because I didn't realize that that really shut me down for quite a while where I didn't want to share my pain and that you learn going, it's not safe to share my story sometimes. Right. And so getting past that as women to go, and you don't want to blurt your story out. you got to use discernment on who you share a lot of things with sometimes. But you do learn quite quickly, okay, it's not, it's not good to share my story. They see me as fine, and I've got to be fine. Right. And as a result of that, it's, you know, it just further um, increases that inwardness. And, and then it, everything becomes about self-effort, you know doing everything you can as again, you know, really we talk about self protection and really it's an oxymoron because we're really the only person we can't protect is mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm. And and so this whole I'm fine, you know, it, it, we kinda get into these groups, either, you know, that's the you know, we're just fine, everything's fine. Again, because the times that we open up we can get hurt. And then that develops more of that, or, you know, were these people always looking for the new technique, or then the, the pedigree, the, the together people who just, you know, seem to always have it together. And all of those are just masks for guilt and hurt and pain, and they don't do anything to allow us to absorb the sin, because we can't. We can't absorb the sin that's in our life, and they don't do anything to help us equip us to um, deal with it. And so we're living out of self-effort rather than out of grace. Mm. And Jesus comes and says, I don't care about your sin. Quit Mm. focusing on your sin. If you have received me, I am in you. Your sin, yeah, it's there. It's a trash heap, and it stinks. But let's not let's not even look at it. Let's just turn over here. Here's what I want you to quote do. Here's what I want you to be, because now I'm your hands, I'm your feet, I'm your eyes. Let's go over here and love somebody. Mm. Just truly love them. And when we love more, we just naturally sin less. And we don't have to work on not sinning. Mm-hmm. And then sin, trash, garbage, left on alone naturally, when it's not being constantly covered over and hidden, it just decomposes. Mm. 
Okay, I'm, I'm digressing here, but I have to backtrack, Barbara. We're, we're at the very beginning when you were talking about you went to the doctors. That is, for so many of our listeners, that's some of their, their worst fears is to have their child go through something and not know what is taking place. Knowing what you know now, what what kind of advice can you give to some of the moms out there when they do see something taking place within their, their children to, I, I, I'm saying this out of my own, my, I have my youngest is at Disneyland right now for a week with friends. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm really like, wait, 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 let's back up here. What, what kind of advice can you give when you see some of those signs that are taking place and you don't know how to, to how to help them? Just continue to be a detective, not a judge and a jury, but a detective. Because what really um, was under my, I'm fine with the shrug of the shoulders, and, and but all my outward, you know, symptoms were that I wasn't fine, is that I was being sexually abused by my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And this went on for three years until I got to an age where it, you know, became dangerous for him. Um, to continue that, and so then I was rejected by the same man that supposedly had loved me and cherished me and treated me special. And, you know, it just piles shame on top of shame. And, and truly, I had an eating disorder. It did go undiagnosed because of, you know, the time. I think, you know, back in the, uh, you're talking the 60s, um, this was something that definitely wasn't as, uncovered uh, eating disorders, Um, but there was also a lot of other things there. And my mom now, now knowing the truth, of course, she's had to deal deal with her own guilt in this in Mm -hmm. saying, you know, I didn't do enough. I didn't ask enough questions. I didn't, you know, cry. I I just kept, you know, saying, well, you know, the doctor says she's fine. She's okay. She's just moody. She's, you know, becoming a teenager, you know, all those things. But, um, you know, so I would just encourage moms to, to not let it go. I mean, they're not going to talk till they, and that's the other thing, especially with sexual abuse, is a young child has absolutely no vocabulary for what is happening to them. And they have no context with which to place it. And so really a professional um, therapist is about the best thing that you could, you know, continue to pursue and uh, encourage and take your child to. Um, there, there are some excellent ones out there, and I know people go, oh, my gosh, that would be so expensive. It doesn't have to be. And, and to uncover that at a young age and be able to have them work through that and have that situation um, dealt with in a healthy manner is going to profit that life, that child, so much more. And that's what we want as parents. You know, we just want the best for our children. Well, well Barb, we just have a minute, so we're going to take a, a quick break. And you have, you've, you've said there's a lot that you've said here to really unpack. Um, but as women, so many times we forget, talking about all this I am fine and just understanding life and, and wanting to be controlling of life, um, especially as women, we forget that we are brave and that we are worthy of love and of belonging. And we forget that because circumstances in life rob us of that and take that away. So then we mask it with the I am fine. Um, when we come back, we're going to unpack a little bit more because you, we're going to jump ahead because you had 
and recently have had um, an experience that significantly impacted, has really changed your life forever. And Absolutely. It's, it's interesting how God never wastes experiences, but he uses each one and to grow us. And you, ha- you are inspiring and just listening to your words. So we just, again, thank you for coming on our show. We're going to take a quick break. This is Girlfriend at Radio with Patty and Lisa, and we'll be right This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? Well, grab your kids and join How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. It's a lively interview and call-in show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun annex, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, howtoraiseamillionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins, and let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Get ready to laugh along with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Ali Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 central on Togedat.com. This is a truly realistic, no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is method that will have you laughing and crying, surviving while struggling, and hammering away at the hardships as you travel through the greatest journey of your life. Get empowered by joining thousands of other parents who have also decided to take a leap of faith into a double career with longer hours and half the pay simply because of the love they have for their children. Together, we are rebuilding a new economy that will support us rather than enslave us. Never again will we have to choose between raising our children and earning to provide for them. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. For more on Allie and her success, check out her website, OurMilkMoney.com. So come get empowered with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopri. Friday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back with our guest, Barbara Willis, who is the CEO, who was a former CEO of uh, Crisis Pregnancy Centers and now works with Treasure House as the uh, project director. Well, we have been talking about understanding the why in your life and how that affects how and what you do. Well, Barb, we have been talking about your early years and when you were just fine, thank you. But we want to kind of jump ahead to a significant date that happened just a couple of years ago and it wrecked your world. Can you Take us back to August 1st, 2010. Yes, I was, uh, at that time, I was the CEO for the Crisis Pregnancy Centers of Greater Phoenix, 
and living in my, you know, world of accomplishment and control, striving to be everything God wanted me to be, you know, working on that formula that, you know, godliness was, you know, a matter of more right behavior plus less wrong behavior. And um, on August 1st, I received a phone call um, while at work and recognized the number as my husband's. And so I stepped into a room, and private room, and took the call. And my husband, you know, me being the control freak, um, he was the emotional one in our family. And together we were a really, you know, powerful, impactful, empathetic, and effective team. <laughs> and so he, you know, had a control in his voice, even though it was quavering with all the emotion that he possesses. And so I knew something was really, really wrong. And because he doesn't generally exercise that much control over things. And um, his words were, your sister Lori and her family were in a plane crash. Lori didn't make it. The mm-hmm. kids, and they have three children, ages 8, 10, and 12, were all, are all in critical care in a hospital in San Diego. And it, I said, you know, I managed to get out. I'm on my way home. I'll call you when I get on the freeway. And as as soon as I hung up that phone, deep inside me, somewhere, you know, from way back before, you know, terrible things start happening to you as a child, came this guttural cry of pain and anguish that I had been holding down for 30, you know, 50 years nearly, mm-hmm. um, that, that just was, um, <laughs> I don't even know how to just it, um, but it so frightened some staff and volunteers that were, you know, within earshot that they came running. And um, just the news that my sister, who and we are very, very close, um, was gone so instantly and so tragically and that her children were, you know, in critical care and so far away, it seemed, us in Phoenix, her in San Diego, was, it was just a life-changing moment. And so over the course of the, you know, next month, actually, I mean, my fam- immediate family uh, all got to San Diego uh, for one route or another, and we started um, ministering and, and caring for uh, my nephew and three nieces, and just uh, three days post the accident, um, the doctors um, said that my nephew was not going to make it. We had all kind of suspected that the trauma to his head was just very severe. And so dealing with that, and I mean, there's so many God stories to this whole thing, and I know we don't have time to go into all of them at this point, but um, really what this was for me was, you know, even though I, I did, I stepped up, I was the control person, you know, orchestrating everybody in schedules and making sure, you know, that somebody was with the kids at all times, and I was, my husband and I were the ones communicating with the doctors and then back to the family, and mm-hmm. uh, my brother-in-law's family was there, and, and there was a lot of emotion going on, and everybody was just... Um, you know, it was a very tenuous time for our family. And it's one of those times where faith either flourishes or it flounders. And uh, fortunately, you know, most of the people in the family are people of faith. And so we extended a lot of grace and forgiveness to each other. But also that was what bound us very closely together. Well, you can't even imagine. It just like you said, the emotions. And like you said, you know, just that release you had in that moment, um, when you got the news and then driving over there and how, how does one process all that? I mean, you're trying to take this all in, you're absorbing all this huge loss and realizing 
this now has changed your world forever and you're kicking into all that emotion. How, how do you survive this in the moment? What, what is, how do you walk each in yeah. Each yeah, and here is where, you know, God has made us so brilliantly that times like this, you know, those um, defense mechanisms of control or um, whatever, you know, th- those tools that we have used are really what help us survive in these times. You know, those are good things that God has given us. It's when they become the overarching control of our life rather than just, you know, that the feelings are dealing with today's situation. So the fact that I did have this, you know, control thing down um, is really what helped. I remember on our drive over there, you know, we stopped for a bite to eat, and I received a phone call from a very close friend here in Phoenix, and she said, you know, how can we pray for you? And I said, you know, the only thing at this point that I can think of is an, an understanding that all of this, while it was not God's doing, this all, either the accident, my, my sister's sudden death, the, the, everything was part of God's plan and part of His will. And so I said, as hard and as painful and as harsh as it can be, the only thing I can continue to pray is God's will be done. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's a tough prayer. You know, we think God's will is all going to be happy and make things, you know, good. And I understood that it couldn't. And yet in that moment, it was the only thing that could make sense out of something so unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, getting there and, and seeing the children, um, it was, you know, just very heart-wrenching. In fact, they were pretty unrecognizable because of the extent of the trauma um, that they had uh, endured. But over the, you know, course of the next month, uh, while they were in ICU in San Diego, you just, you, th- that softness, um, to, to be able to break down. I can remember, you know, we had were gifted um, through some very generous people who had homes over in the San Diego area to allow us to crash, you know, the, the moments that we could get some sleep in, in mm-hmm. some lovely places. And just getting in my car sometimes and just pounding the steering wheel and sobbing uncontrollably. Now, this is life-changing for me because I was someone who did not cry. I don't mm-hmm. think I cried maybe three times since I had turned seven. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, you don't have emotions, you don't cry because you're fine. Mm-hmm. You have to be fine because mm-hmm. if you let those emotions go, you could, you feel as though you might die. Well, mm-hmm. now I didn't care if I died. Mm-hmm. I needed to die because I could not control this. I could not you know, do anything. I had to completely, you know, instead of having Jesus be my crutches, you know, that I used to help move me along, and it was all about me using Him, I had to lay down on the stretcher Mm. and just let Him be in me and and do everything. Mm. And that's what He wants, you know, all along. And And it's, Unfortunately, it took something so tragic to put me there, but I think that that's what God uses. Um, he has used this, uh, my sister's precious life here on earth, and now as she, you know, has gone before me to heaven and is helping to prepare my mansion, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it is, that's where we want to be, is 
taking our focus off of the here and now and letting today's feelings be today's feelings in Christ as he is in me. He's not over there. He's in here right now. I've got all the God that I can get. I can't get any closer to him. I just have to lay on the stretcher. Well, and that, that goes, I, I love the verse, to live is Christ, to die is gain, that, that Paul talks about yes. in the scripture. And so many times, though, that, you know, just hearing your story, some of us kind of cringe and go, I, I don't want to be in that position. <laughs> I don't want to be just out where you're in so much pain. And, and I once heard that the greater the tragedy, the greater the grace. And yeah. So many times, like you said, Barbara, about it, that this is God's will, we hear that and we go, how in the world can this possibly be God's will? And we live on earth. And that's, that's the thing when you, you keep going um, as, as people are struggling with that, with their own pain right now, that I, I just recently, Lisa and I were um, teaching uh, a Bible study, and one of the gals, we, we were talking about your why, and we said, what would be your why if you were sitting there with Jesus? And she said, I would ask why I have to go through so much pain. And of course, it, it broke our heart that someone is sitting there in so much pain, and that, that would be their first thing to ask Jesus. And yet, it's through that pain, like you said, it's through that brokenness that he can truly just flow through you, and we have to keep thinking of it as this isn't heaven. This is right. And how do we bring a little piece of heaven down to earth, which we, we only have two minutes, and we're going to be going into a commercial break. But can you, um, just in, in sharing with us at, at the point that you are out cold, at what point were you able to, to, to pick yourself up and go, yes, I am going to bring heaven to earth? You know, it really happened, I, I'll try and get this in two minutes, um, my one niece, Tia, uh, the youngest, um, she was diagnosed um, as the uh, went on, as the healing went on to have a traumatic brain injury that they did not give her much hope of recovering from. And so my husband and I assumed her 24-hour care. And it wasn't until I had um, lost my job because we had now been 24-hour care for her. And so I lost my job at CPC, and I was two-thirds of our income. We lost our home. We lost everything that we owned as, as in earthly possessions. And it wasn't until I all that was gone, and I walked into the hospital room, and now we've been months with absolutely no, you know, true reaction from her. And, and she truly sat up. She looked at me. I mean, looked at me with real eyes and smiled. And in that moment, that smile said, I trust you. And it was in that moment that I had found grace. And no title, no salary, no furniture, no home could, could replace the mm -hmm. grace and the love that I felt in that moment. Mm. Well, it, it is overwhelming. And how God captures us in those moments when we were in that moment with him. Well, Barb, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back um, hearing more about your amazing journey from I am fine and in control to truly living a life with grace, hope and healing. Um, stay with us. We'll be right back.
This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Second chances. We all deserve them. And we are all worthy of them. Second chances. With your host, Midge Noble. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on Toginet is like coming home to warm, fresh-baked cookies, a hug from Grandma, or an enthusiastic greeting from your dog. Second Chances, hosted by Midge Noble, a licensed professional counselor, is affirming, warm, genuine, validating, and thought-provoking. Second Chances is a place to be heard, a place to laugh, a place to cry, and a place to be seen. For more on Midge and Second Chances, check out MidgeNobleSecondChances.com. Then be a part of a show that will change how you think, how you feel, and what you do. Give yourself the gift of second chances and see where it will take you. So take a deep breath, open your heart, open your mind, and join host Midge Noble for Second Chances. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Wondering how to market, where to invest, where to advertise, where to find the right advice, or what to do about taxes? Doing business today is a complex venture, and that's where All Biz Talk comes in. All Biz Talk helps businesses and individuals find the right path to their success and learn more about the ideas, products, and services used by today's top professionals. Success leaves clues, so if you want to be successful, it's always best to listen to the people who have already been where you want to be. Our hosts are unbiased and will ask the hard questions, taking your calls to help connect you with the right professionals, people who can help you get a better handle on your personal and business choices. All Biz Talk is not a financial services company and does not offer any financial advice, but we will help you make the right choice when it comes to planning your financial future. Join All Biz Talk Tuesday afternoons at 1 Pacific, 3 Central at allbiztalk.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, well welcome, welcome back, back to our show. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, welcome back with our guest, Barbara Willis. We've been talking about understanding the why in your life and how that affects how and what you do. And Barb, we've been talking um, just about being in that position where you are, are just, all you can do is look up and say, okay, God, it's, it's yours, whatever your will is. And um, you were giving us some, some tips of how you were able to, to move forward with that. And um, Lisa, you wanted, you had a little story time. Did you want to share that? I just wanted to read part of your story, um, just because it was so powerful. And you said, sleeping on the floor with Summer and Tia, your nieces, on the twin beds in Tia's room, we spent many nights and early mornings cuddled together, talking, laughing, and crying. It was in these precious, heart-wrenching moments that I truly understood, this is not my home. By this, I mean a house. By this, I mean earth. I know now fully, clearly, without a doubt, that heaven is my home. Uh, first of all, to come to that, to be in that moment, like you were saying before in your story, it's so hard to live in the moment because we're always fine and we, we miss the moments. But um, to truly be in that moment with your nieces, just 
embracing that and just understanding that. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it was such a precious time. Uh, uh, just a real quick snippet here on Tia's uh, with the brain injury. Um, she did um, have a miraculous recovery. I mean, it took months, but uh, God was so faithful, and she is now cognitively 100%, about 90% physically, and just a delight of my life still. Both she and Summer are our adopted daughters, and even though we're not living with them anymore, it, they are still very, very precious. In fact, they spend at least one night a week with me, and um, we just have a fabulous time. So, you know, it, but it is the fact that this earth is so, it just gave me that vision, losing my sister so quickly, as well as just understanding God in, in such a more intimate, real, personal way, instead of, you know, striving hard to be all God wanted me to be, but just living out of who God says I am. And God says, this isn't your home. And, and you are my daughter, and, you know, your home is heaven. And I, you know, this is just now, you know, I'm just passing through, really. And I just, you know, want to do all I can to honor him, this life, you know, this flesh and bones that he indwells. Uh, and, and the way I do that is to just love others. And so living in the moment for me now is fantastic. Um, I honestly don't know from day to day really what my days look like. Sure, I have meetings and appointments scheduled, but I really take them um, in that moment. I see with God's eyes so more clearly now and use his hands and his voice to orchestrate my, my days, and it is the most freeing uh, way to live. I just don't ever want to go back. Do I slip back? Sure. You know, that's that flesh and natural tendency that we still have while we are still in these bodies. But it isn't who I am anymore. Well, and, you know, there's like so that moment thing. That is so hard to grasp, so truly be engaged in the moment and not be... Um, distracted by the noise and the busyness of life and even just the things that as, as women are how to our to-do lists that are just screaming at us. And for you, just those precious moments, I mean, your world got rattly, you know, shaken and you had to be in the moment, but um, just all the, those emotions. But as we transition, you understanding the concept of home and house and all of that, but you are now involved with a, a significant new home house called Treasure House, where you're working with Kurt and Brenda Warner. Can you just kind of explain a little bit about that project? You are the project director now of this, and how significant is that? Just reading through that, can you just explain to us what that's all about? Yes, Kurt and Brenda had the oldest son, Zachary, um, is he had a traumatic brain injury as a four month old. And while he, you know, surpassed what, you know, doctors told him, told her, told Brenda at that time he would do, he still does have uh, developmental disabilities. And so he is their inspiration for Treasure House. He is now 23. He graduated high school. And in, when you have developmental disabilities in Arizona, you can stay till you're 22. And so he graduated last year. And then he was home for the summer. And they just figured he would always live with them. But after being home for a while, um, after having the challenge of school and friends and a, and a social life and a part-time job, just being home was confining for him and for the family. So they went in search of what, you know, what, where could Zachary live that would provide him 
the most opportunities and potential to be everything God intended him to be, and yet provide him the assistance that he needed. And so their search led them to a place in St. Louis called St. Louis Life, and Zachary is there now, and he is flourishing and doing very well and has two part-time jobs. But he also has the assistance and has a social network of people like him surrounding him. And so he's doing very well there. But the problem for the Warners is it's in St. Louis. And they're here in the Phoenix area. And so that that distance between family, um, they would like to narrow that gap. So it gave them, as they did research and found out that there was a tremendous need for a facility like St. Louis Life, it's sort of a one of a kind right now, that they wanted to duplicate a similar model here with a Christian emphasis in the Phoenix area. So we were put in touch through a, you know, series of relationships. And so I was brought on to head up the project and help get the funding and all the coordination for building Treasure House. It will be a ground-up build, and it will is going to now be in the Northwest Valley. We have secured land for a generous donation by the Community Church of Joy in the Northwest, Northwest Valley. And so it will be a supported living community for young adults with developmental disabilities, which will, you know, include a wide spectrum from Down syndrome to uh, people like uh, Zachary, who had a traumatic brain injury, some in the autistic spectrum, they will be um, what we would call high-functioning. One of the requirements will be that they will be uh, able to be trained to either work or volunteer outside the home, even, you know, on a part-time basis. So it is really integrating the residents, encouraging them, equipping them, educating them in all that they can be, and also making the community aware as they go out into the community um, for jobs and volunteer opportunities. You know, it is so significant because talk, we're talking today about our why, knowing our why. And this is such a significant why that has really dictated the how and the what of what they're doing um, with this house, seeing a need and and doing, okay, we need to do something about that that will not only benefit our son, but, but others like us that are maybe don't have the resources to do what they're able to do. And love when people just pass that on and they get involved and they do something. And it is so easy to sit on the sidelines and always say somebody, should, but maybe God right. has that inside each one of us to go, no, you are the one I'm calling because I put that why inside of you, that passionate why and that desire, and I need you to, to go do the how and the what. Um, how is this, even being involved with this project at Treasure House, how is that impacting your life? I, you know, it's just, again, that continuation. You said the why and you know why this happens and that happens, and now Again, not that God had caused that accident or the brain injury with my niece, Pia, but having been through that, it had brought me to such a level of understanding and compassion. If Pia had never gotten beyond being on a feeding tube in a hospital bed with, you know, what we would call unresponsive to, you know, a a normal uh, life, you know, my husband and I were so committed to caring for her for the rest of her life, no matter what that looked like. And Mm -hmm. her life truly had value and importance for anyone who would be willing to take the time to look or to serve or to, you know, get close enough to see that. And so it has truly given me a compassion for these individuals that, um, you know, we say they are disabled, but really, as you get to know them, they've got it figured out. 
Mm-hmm. They're the ones who, you know, really we're the ones who are disabled, you know, because we we do see and, and we've got all these filters that we process through where for them, things are just really black and white and they're mm-hmm. clear and they they have more abilities that we need to learn about just loving and accepting and forgiving than um, most of us who, quote, have real eyes and see clearly. Well, and that is so true, Barbara. I used to work for, in Arizona, there's another organization that does um, the adult group homes, uh, ARC Center. And mm-hmm. I would get done after a really hard day, and I would go volunteer and play ping pong and pool and take them swimming and teach swimming lessons. And it was such a joy. It would literally, my my entire day would be turned around by the time I just spent time because of like you're saying it's just they when you're around them it they're so joyful that you can't help but smile and I I would really encourage for someone who is struggling with their why and God is just tugging at their heart right now to find out more information and you can you tell us exactly where to go if we are looking for that to to be able to help you guys out and maybe volunteer somewhere uh, absolutely. I mean, right now, Treasure House is very much in the infancy. You know, we're, we're just getting things together. We don't even have our website yet, or uh, a logo hasn't been finalized. But to get more information, um, you, you can do it through um, Kurt Warner's current foundation called First Things First. So if you go to firstthingsfirst.org, um, there is information, a little bit of information there about Treasure House. You can contact any of the people there and get in touch with me through that, and I can give you more information about where we are, what we're doing, how things are progressing. Um, as it stands now, if things continue to move the way they appear to and the pieces that have been come together so far, it looks like it would be about January of 2015 when Treasure House would be actually open for residents. And so we've, we've got a journey to get there, of course, and of course, funds to raise and other uh, hurdles to cross as we continue to move forward. But again, God has just been going before us, and moment by moment we are trusting Him, and as we do that, and just um, not sit back, but sit in His presence, things um, just continue to astound and amaze me. I don't know why, because it's God, but <laughs> but they do. And so, yeah, I, we would love to share what's going on and to get people involved. There will be a lot of opportunities for volunteering and contributing as it moves forward. We want to thank you again for joining us on Girlfriend at Radio. To get more information on our website at girlfriendit.com. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know. Yourself. It's the show designed.